Have you ever felt like you had to drag yourself to a first date, or maybe you feel almost sick with pre-date anxiety to the point where you don't actually want to go? I feel you. In today's episode, we're going to get into all things first dates, from getting ready to figuring out if you should kiss at the end or covering it all. So if you want to nail first dates and move through each step of the way with confidence, keep listening. Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm Talia. I'm a dating coach, and on Dating Intentionally, I share no-nonsense advice for navigating modern dating with confidence and ease, whether you've been on dozens of dates or you're just getting started. I believe dating can be fun, especially first dates when you do them right, and that's exactly what we're getting into today. I also want to say Happy New Year. This is the first episode I'm recording in 2024, right before a big surgery that will take me out for a few weeks. But don't worry, I pre-recorded a handful of interviews with exciting guests, and I can't wait for you to listen to them. If you've heard and enjoyed last Friday's episode with dating app expert Jenny Deal, please let me know what you think. I'm going to do a lot more interviews this year, and I'm open to hearing your thoughts and feedback so I can make them the best they possibly could be. You can DM me on Instagram at dating.intentionally to share your thoughts, and I love hearing from you in general, so just keep DMing me because I want to connect with you. Also, if you're actively dating, I have a new live virtual workshop that's happening on Monday, February 5th, and it's all about how to get past the third date. This workshop is for you if you're actively dating and feel like it's so rare that you make a real romantic connection and get past that first, second, or third date. I'm covering all key aspects of early dating in this workshop, including texting, navigating physical intimacy, keeping the momentum up, deciphering green and red flags, and so much more. I'm really excited to help you get out of your own way, manage your early dating anxiety, and get past the third date with someone you actually like. You'll also have a chance to ask me questions and connect with other intentional daters. If you want to join, the link is in my Instagram bio at dating.intentionally. And if you can't make the time but still want the material, that's okay. You can join and get the recording a day or two after the workshop. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, let's get into it. I'm going to go through all of this sequentially, like from confirming a first date to saying goodbye at the end of the date, which I know can be a pretty awkward moment. We're going to start with your first date mindset. And the first thing I want to get into, just so that we're all on the same page here, the point of the first date is to get to a second date. Go into it with the goal of having a good time and enjoying the light challenge of finding common ground with someone. Don't go into it hoping they're your last first date and try to not put too much pressure on yourself. There are so many people in the world to date. You don't need this one to work out. It's not like if this doesn't work, you'll never be able to secure another first date. Pull yourself out of that scarcity mindset and tap into abundance. Who knows? Maybe this year you'll have twice as many first dates as last year, especially now that you're listening to this podcast. Do something before your date to put yourself in a positive state of mind, which we'll get into in a minute. But that is kind of the overarching goal here. Just like go into the date with the goal of having a good time, connecting with someone you don't know, and then to decide if you want a second date. That is where your head should be at. So I know some people trip up a bit when confirming a first date. So I want to touch on this. Let's say you nailed down a date plan yesterday with a guy for 7 p.m. at a local brewery, but you haven't heard from today and you're starting to wonder if you're still on. Here's what to do. Just text them. See you at 7. Simple direct. A few hours before your date texts us, maybe in the early afternoon. And keep in mind that some people don't check their text during work, so you might not hear a reply until later. Don't text them, are we still on for tonight? Text them as if it's on, as if it's happening. And please don't write people off for not confirming first. 
some people do and some people don't see the need to confirm if you've already have like a solid place and time set up. If you haven't heard from them, just send the text. See you at seven. See you later. Looking forward to our date. Something simple and assuming that you're on even though you haven't heard from them. All right. So back to getting into a positive mindset. And the reason this comes next is because we're going to talk about getting ready for a date. Sometimes it's hard to switch from work mode into date mode, especially if you're doing weeknight dates, or it's hard to get excited about yet another first date. But here's what worked for me. I used to spend 30 minutes before leaving my place getting ready while listening to music that always pumped me up and made me feel confident, like Doja Cat, Beyonce, or Nicki Minaj. I had one or two first date outfits that I would wear. They were outfits I always felt really good in and looked good in, even if I felt bloated or was having a bad body image day. You know, we've all had them. You don't have to dress up for first dates. You just need to look like you tried a little, right? With your makeup or hair or accessories or whatever. You don't need to take an everything shower or spend hours doing your hair. It should take 30 minutes to get ready. Think like the length of one Seinfeld episode. That's how long it should take. And I say this because the more effort you put in, the more disappointed you'll be if they show up in cargo shorts and flip-flops, which totally happens sometimes. And you'll be less disappointed if it doesn't work out. Sometimes I feel like it's like, oh my God, I tried, I spent an hour and a half getting ready for this date and he didn't even try to ask me any questions. Like how much time you spend getting ready for a date doesn't really have anything to do with how the date goes. Just keep that in mind. Other pre-date rituals to get you in a positive mindset could include taking a quick walk to clear your mind, doing some yoga, masturbating, reading, journaling, meditation, or anything that helps you get into a calmer, sunnier mindset. I also want to talk about first date safety, okay? This is super important if you're meeting people on dating apps. The best practice for first date safety for women, dating men particularly, is to let someone know, like a family member or a friend, let them know where you are and when to expect that you'll be home and be in touch after a date. And always meet your date in a public space, like a bar, restaurant, a well-trafficked park, like a popular spot, someplace where there's going to be a lot of people. Don't give out your home or work address and don't let them pick you up or drop you off after the date. You just never know. And it's it's best to get to know someone more before trusting them with that information. I've gone on a lot of dates and not one guy gave me creepy vibes or made me feel unsafe in any way, but I know I'm lucky and the experiences of other women are different than mine. It's probably not going to happen. Like You're probably going to meet someone and they're going to be perfectly normal, but unfortunately, scary things do happen. So even though you're not likely putting yourself in a lot of danger by using dating apps, err on the side of caution and let someone know where you're going and don't let them know where you live until you've gotten to know them more and you trust them. So at this point, you've you've confirmed, you've gotten ready, you're all set to go. How do you greet a first date, right? When you walk up to the spot where you are, how do you greet them? There are a lot of different opinions on this. I think a quick hug is fine, but also no physical contact is fine, especially if like they're already sitting at the bar or the table or whatever, and you are joining them. You don't necessarily have to hug. I think a handshake is okay, but a little weird. I do think that gives more of a like guarded vibe. Definitely don't have to kiss them. I don't think I've ever started a first date with a kiss. I think a hug is pretty standard. And it, it could be a side hug. It could be like a very light hug, not like a full bear hug that you'd give like your best friend after seeing not seeing them for a whole year. You know, just think like a very like just light hug. I think is fine. Don't overthink that though. I would say when in my experience, I just kind of went for the hug and I led that because I didn't want it to be awkward. So I just made the decision to go in with a hug. 
Okay, so we've gone over your mindset, confirming a date, getting ready for a date, safety, and greeting your date. Now let's get into hap- get into what happens when the conversation gets going. And first, I want to share six more mindset tips here just to get your expectations in line. All right, one, a first date is probably not going to be that romantic. It's a vibe check. If you met on apps, you don't know each other, and you're starting from ground, ground zero, don't worry if there's no right off the bat romantic connection or chemistry. You really are just feeling each other out, and that will hopefully come. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's not probably not going to be present the second you start talking to them. So don't expect that. All right, two, don't look for sparks. Look for common ground. The goal of a first date, like I said earlier, is to see if you want a second date. See if they're easy to talk to and if you have overlapping experiences or things in common so you can get a sense for each other and understand each other. If you don't feel a spark on a first date, that's not a bad thing. It's neutral. Just like, okay, that you're just getting to know someone. The spark is kind of a myth. I would say the spark is linked to more anxiety and negative tension more than anything else. The spark is not the thing to look for. Look for common ground. Three, your date isn't meant to entertain you. One complaint I get a lot is from people who say that their date was boring or can't carry a conversation. And trust me, I've been there. It's disappointing when this happens. But I want you to remember that they're not your entertainment and you have to do your part too. Boring dates aren't bad. And if you go on a lot of first dates, I bet that you'll have many of them, honestly, because it's it does take two to, take, to make a connection and make a conversation fun. So make sure you're doing your part and don't just sit back and expect them to entertain you. All right, four. This actually is advice from dating expert Evan Mark Katz. And that is think about how you are going to make them feel too. So I was listening to Love You, that's the letter U, which is Evan Mark Katz podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. He has an episode called Guys Have Feelings Too. And he talks about how a guy will ask a woman out on a second date based on how she made him feel. Did she seem warm? Did she laugh? Did she seem positive? And I really agree with this. I'm not saying you have to put on a front or act like someone you're not, but coming to a date with positive energy will really help you get more second dates. Showing support, warmth, smiling, and giving the vibe that you're happy to be there is really important. And hopefully you are authentically happy to be there. If you're sitting there looking for reasons to say no or looking for clues why it won't work out, or if you come into a date with your guard way up, the person you're on a date can sense that energy and it's not going to lead to a second date. So I want you to consider how you are making them feel on the date, especially if you like them and want a second date. Number five, you're not going to know if they're the one. When you're on a first date, You are just going to see if you want a second date, if you want to spend more time with them. Don't future trip. Don't take what they're saying and like project it into the future. Don't fantasize about the future. Stay present and just see if like, okay, I would be willing to hang out with this person again for three more hours. That's really all you want to focus on. You're not going to know if they are your person. And if you are finishing up your date and you're not sure, it just means that you need more information. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to make a final decision about someone after one date unless there are very present deal breakers and red flags. And also keep in mind, most dates aren't going to be for you, right? Like most people we date aren't going to work out, but you do have to keep throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing what sticks with dating. And uh, number six, pay attention to how you feel in their presence. This is going to tell you a lot about your connection with this person and if you should keep seeing them. Do they make you feel nervous? Do they make you feel calm? Are you present or are you in your head? 
do you feel like you have to have your guard up or do you feel like you can be yourself and you're not really worried about how you look or how you come off or how, you know, all that stuff. That is going to be very, very good information for you. So that is one thing you should be focused on throughout your date is how you feel in your body in their presence. All right. So those are my mindset tips. Let's get into first date conversations. My first tip is to let the conversation flow and be curious. One of the questions I get asked a lot is, what questions do I ask on a first date? I don't recommend coming into your date with a memorized list of questions. It's a great way to turn your date into an interview. And if you pay attention to conversations you have in your life with friends, coworkers, family, you'll notice that you can have a very long, engaging conversation without that many questions. I get that questions keep a conversation moving forward and questions help guide the conversation into new topics, but you don't need to ask a million questions to get to know someone. You really just need to be able to listen and pick up up on clues that tell you what they're excited to talk about versus not excited to talk about. At least that's what I look for. When I talk to someone new, which is something I am very good at, I aim to find the thing that makes them light up. But it's not necessarily about asking the right right question. It's about sharing something about yourself or maybe an observation that they immediately connect to. For example, I remember years ago, I was invited to this PR event and I was having a very dry, clunky conversation with a journalist who was clearly bored of talking to me until he mentioned he was traveling to Vail, Colorado. And I said, I've been and I love snowboarding there. He immediately lit up and was like, wow, you don't strike me as a big snow sports person. And we ended up bonding over that for another 20 minutes. I didn't ask him if he skis. I just shared something about myself and it turned out we had that in common. That's how you make connections without asking questions. You share about yourself and the stuff you're into. And maybe they'll, you know, it's like a tennis match. Maybe they'll hit the ball back and they want to keep talking about that or not. I hope this helps illustrate how you can find these common threads without interrogating your date. Of course, questions help, but not the ones you memorize. Follow the thread of a conversation and be curious. If they mention they got really into pickleball or running this year, ask why. If they say they've been looking to switch careers, ask them about that. Ask them what what makes them want to. Get curious. Don't be afraid to go a little deeper. Questions like, how did you figure that out? What made you want to do that? What did that feel like? And how did that affect you? Those are all questions to help someone get deeper with you. And bonus, it shows that you're interested in listening, which is very attractive. First date conversations are a two-way street. If you want people to open up on a first date, you need to be willing to open up too. The best way to help someone ease into more vulnerability is by being vulnerable yourself. One of the perks of being more vulnerable and open on a first date is that you get to see how they react to this. Do they clam up, put their guard up, they don't want to talk about it, or do they follow your lead and share and be open as well? But let's be real, you're probably going to experience some lulls in the conversation. You can embrace awkward silences and laugh at it, and that's when you might want to pull out a question that you keep in your brain. Like I said, I don't encourage you to memorize questions to ask on dates because to me, that's not authentic or organic, and it keeps you in your head. But because I know people really struggle with this, here are 10 questions you could consider asking on a first date when things get a little quiet or slow. Okay, I like to ask, how was your day at the top of a date, right? Just kind of when you sit down, so how was your day? Why does this work? Because that's something you'd ask a friend, right? You're starting in the middle. You're just kind of like, what did you do today? How was it? It's casual and it helps people remember that this is like a catch-up. It's not an interview. That question can also lead into a lot of different conversation threads, right? If they tell you about their day. 
what are you looking for in dating right now? This is one question you should definitely ask on your dates towards the end, like on a first date. It is totally appropriate to ask this on a first date. I mean, you're on a date. What else are you doing, right? You're trying to figure out if this is something, if something is here. So you want to get aligned on your dating goals. So towards the end of the date, you can hit them with, what are you looking for in dating right now? What's something you're really looking forward to in the next month? So this is another one I like to ask. It helps them talk about something hopefully they're excited about and gets them talking in a passionate way. What does a typical weekend look like for you? Again, this one will tell you how they spend your time and opens up a lot of different conversations around hobbies, activities, things to do locally. It's a good starting point for a conversation. What would you do for work if money didn't matter? This is a fun one. You can dream, you can spitball ideas, you can see how creative they are. I love this question. Do you have any fun trips coming up? So this was one of my favorite questions to ask because as you know, if you've been listening, travel is really big for me. So I asked this question to figure out if they were also into traveling and if they had anything, any fun trips planned, right, that we could talk about. Are you close to your family? So I don't love a yes or no question, but this one can lead into conversations around family values and like what their family is like, if their family lives in state or out of state, all that stuff. How did you get into your line of work? So this one will give them a chance to talk about their journey, right, from wherever they started to where they are now and can offer a lot of different channels for conversation. And you can really get into their mind of like if they're ambitious or not. What's your favorite part about living here? I love this question because you can bond over where you live and talk about the culture and the quirks and different restaurants, different things to do, all that stuff. So that's a really easy question to throw out there when there's a lull. And the last one is, what's bringing you joy right now? So this is a question that I know people really, people really like. I didn't ask this on a date. I didn't like feel like it was authentic to me. But it is a question that will help lead into a conversation about things you're passionate about and things that make you guys happy on your date. And so why not, why not talk about that? So this is more of an advanced strategy, but the best first date questions are always the ones that are related to your needs in a relationship. But it's hard to do if you don't know what your needs are. If you need help nailing those down, I have a short course on figuring out your needs, which is available in my bio link on Instagram at dating.intentionally. It helps guide you through the process from start to finish, and it will truly make you a more focused and intentional dater. Okay, so what if they're not really engaging or asking you questions? I get this a lot. This This comes up so much, especially this question comes up from women who are dating men. If they're kind of quiet and not asking questions, you can let the silence hang there and make them feel a little uncomfortable, right? If you let a silence happen, they'll kind of notice that they're not pulling their weight in the conversation and they might be like, oh, uh, I should probably come in here with a question. You can say, or you can say, is there anything you want to know about me? Or you can call it out. I feel like I'm interrogating you. It's your turn. What do you want to know about me? You can also choose to end a date a little earlier if you feel like you've tried everything and they're just not engaging or talking much and you're not having a good time. And I want to just point out like guys are not typically socialized to ask questions. Like guys don't relate to each other from what I know from what I've read about this and I've read a lot like they, and just experienced a lot. They relate to each other through experiences and talking about stuff. And women are more socialized to talk about emotions and our inner worlds and guys just aren't. So like, don't take it personally if he's not asking you all these deep questions that you're able to easily ask. If they're, we're just socialized differently and it's not a good or a bad thing. It's a neutral thing. So just don't take it too personally and, and it's not necessarily a red flag. 
people can show interest in you in many ways in a conversation other than asking questions. All right. Should you talk about your exes? I know there are many varying opinions on this, and here is mine. I think it's okay to give a brief overview of your relationship history on a first date. Like, you don't have to get into details, but say like, oh, I dated someone for two years and that ended about six months ago. Or I lived with someone a few years ago and took a break from dating for a while. Or I got divorced three years ago. Whatever. Just the headline. And remember, if you don't have relationship history or if your date doesn't, that's not weird. Some people have just focused on other things in life or have dealt with really crippling social anxiety. It's not a big deal. And if it comes up and or if that's you, just say you haven't met anyone yet that you want to be in a relationship with. And that's a lot more empowering. I want to reiterate, the point of a first date is to see if you want a second. So if you had fun and you had a good conversation and you didn't discover any major deal breakers, just go on the second date. Having conversations on a first date will get easier with practice. You'll start to hear yourself talk about yourself and you'll kind of hone the way you tell someone about yourself and the stories you tell. Like I know after 64 first dates, which was what I did, you know, in 10 months, my first date started to feel like a monologue. Like I had the little shtick I'd say about work and I'd have the little shtick I'd say about dating and my podcast and all that stuff. And it was almost like I had memorized it. And yes, it can get repetitive, but I think as you go through it, you will find ways to get more creative with the direction you take the conversation. And you'll also feel a lot more comfortable on a first date. You'll feel more comfortable to take risks and ask riskier questions, right? Which makes a date more fun and memorable. So I hope this helps. And I really hope that you get out there, get your reps in, get on those first dates and have these conversations. Okay, so now we've covered more about your first date mindset and how to have a flowing conversation. Let's get into the end of the date. And the big question is, who pays? I could obviously do a whole episode on just this, and maybe one day I will. But I think in modern dating, the rule should be or is whoever asks for the date should offer to pay. So if you ask them out, be prepared to offer to pay. If they ask you out, ideally, they'll be pulling out their wallet when the check comes. If they ask you to split, go with it. I think splitting on a first date is fine. And I get it. Some people are more traditional and in hetero situations women believe the guy should pay. But I think just because you split a first date, that doesn't automatically mean he'll never pay for a date. I think it's okay to acknowledge that on a first date, you barely know each other and you're not sure how it's going to play out. So if they ask to split on a first date, it's reasonable. I also don't believe in doing the fake wallet reach on a first date if you don't want to split or pay. If you're a woman and you want the guy to pay, Just sit there when the check comes and say thank you. See what happens. He might ask you to split or he'll just pay. And if you want to split it, like that's really what you want to do, say that when the check comes. You say, the check comes and you say, hey, let's split it. In my experience, when it comes to coffee and drinks first dates, guys don't mind paying because two coffees are less than $20 and two drinks in Seattle where I was dating could range anywhere from $15 to $40 with a tip. I also like to believe that if a guy was asking me to a bar, he was aware of what kind of bar it was and the price points of the drinks. This part of the date can be tricky, but at the end of the day, it comes back to what you want and your values. Don't overthink it though. And don't do what I did on my first date with Johnny because we ordered beer and when we were ready to pay, we were both standing there and I just looked at him and I said, I expected you to pay or something. 
And he did, but it was so awkward. I wish I had just paid because truthfully, I was the one who arranged the date. That should have been me. And then later, you know, we after we got our beer, we walked around, we got boba, and I paid for it. So I guess technically we split the first date. I don't know, but don't do that. <laughs> um, I really should have gotten our first drink since I arranged the date. All right, let's talk about leaving a date. If you want to keep a date short, just say that like like towards the end, like after you've been there for at least 30 minutes, just be like, hey, I have to actually wrap up in a few minutes. I have to go. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with making up an excuse here like, oh, I actually have some stuff to take care of at home. Oh, I have to go walk my dog. Oh, I actually have to go meet a friend. Whatever. It's not really that deep. It's not that big of a deal. If you feel uncomfortable or if you're over it, get out of there. You don't owe them any more time. You know, This is why I love coffee and drink states because there is just a natural potential end when you finish your drink or your coffee, right? It's just, okay, I'm finished. You know, this was great. I'm really glad we got to meet and chat and I have to go back home now. I have some things to take care of. See you later. You know, it's it doesn't have to be this big deal. And I don't think uh, it's weird if you want to end the date after 45 minutes. Remember, a first date is just to see if you want a second date and it's just a vibe check. I talk about this more in my episode on dating rules uh, about how first dates should be short. So if you want to learn more about how to finish a first date and like why they should be on the shorter side, go listen to that. Of course, if you're enjoying yourself, have another drink, go walk somewhere. You know, I think really fun first dates involve two locations, right? Maybe you meet at a bar and then you go to another bar, you go to a dessert place or you go walk around. So if you're enjoying yourself and you want to stay, keep going. But when you're ready to go, you can just be like, you know what? I actually have to leave in a few minutes. It's been so great to chat with you. You know, that's it. Okay. Let's talk about kissing on the first date. You do not have to kiss on a first date. If they don't go for a kiss on a first date, that doesn't mean they don't like you and you don't have to feel, you know, you don't have to go for it. You can just go for a hug. But if you want to kiss, but if you want to kiss, you can say, can I kiss you? Or you can say, I'd really like to kiss you right now. Or I can't stop thinking about kissing you. Or I'm not listening to what you're saying because I just want to kiss you. There are so many ways to kind of go for it without actually going for it. Like you can, you can basically get the okay from them first. And I've seen this go both ways. Like in heterosexual dating, like if you're a woman, you can ask a man that. If you're a man, you can ask a woman that. You know, you can check with them. I've been asked, can I kiss you? And I don't think it's a turnoff. Some women are like, oh no, just just kiss me. But I think it's nice that they're like checking in with me. They want my consent. This is the first time we're kissing. We're touching our lips. Like we're strangers. We just met. It's okay to be like, hey, checking in, like cool to kiss, yes or no. And if you don't, you could just be like, you know what? I'd really like a hug right now, or how about a hug instead? Um, and then you can go for the hug. So you have opportunities to say it with your body that you're not interested. Like if when you're ending a date and you don't want to kiss them, you can initiate a hug and that's clear that you are not kissing. You know what I mean? So you can take control in that moment if you do not feel like kissing them and it's not a big deal. I also want to remind you, do not judge someone by the first kiss. They can be awkward. There's a lot of pressure. Um, kissing styles need to be aligned. So if it's not a great first kiss, don't worry about it. Also, I want to say at the end of the date, there can be a lot of pressure to plan the next date. I will advise against this, right? I don't think you should plan the second date on the first date, even though it shows interest and momentum, which are good things. There often is a lot of pressure to do that because it's also the polite thing to do. Like people tap into their 
uh, people-pleasing behaviors here and will initiate a second date even if they don't want one because they think it's the polite thing to do. And then, you know, I'm sh- I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've gone through this where like someone says they want a second date and then they ghost you or they never mention it again. So that's why I say if they mention a second date, say, let's sleep on it. It shows that you are, you know, t- taking dating seriously. You want to let the dust settle. You want to have time to think about it. You're not just launching into a second date. You're secure enough that you don't need the commitment of a second date to keep things going, right? That shows confidence and it shows that you are deliberate. So I use this line a lot. It worked like a charm. A guy would say like, oh, when do you want to meet up again? And I would say, let's sleep on it. If I was interested, I would still text them after the date. And that's the next thing we're going to talk about. So for texting after a first date, the rule of thumb is if you had fun, send the text. I don't care what your gender or sexuality is. Let's normalize not overthinking the post-date text. If you had fun, say, hey, I had a great time. Great to meet you. If you don't want to see them again, it's okay to not text after a first date. You don't want to lead them on. It's also okay to do it if you just want to be polite, but don't say if that you want to see them again if you don't want to. So basically, the rule is if you want to see them again, text. If you don't want to see them again, you do not have to text. Sometimes both people after a first date do not want to go to a second date and that's okay. So no one texts after the first date and that's called mutual ghosting. And then you both know that you're opting out and it's all set. It's all good. But if they come to you asking for a second date via text and you don't want one, that's when you will say, hey, I'm glad we had a chance to meet, but I'm not interested in a second date and I wish you the best or whatever it is. You can go see my anti-ghost text on Instagram. Um, They're pinned to the top of my page. It's pink. It's a pink post. It says anti-ghost text. You can copy. That's um, on Instagram at dating.intentionally. So those are the guidelines for texting after a first date. All right, so now we've got how to end the date, kissing, texting, you're golden. So what do you think? Now that you have a step-by-step guide to nail a first date, do you feel more confident or was this so much more information than you expected? If you can't tell, I've thought about this a lot and I would love to hear your thoughts. So you can DM me on Instagram at dating.intentionally. All right, now I want to get into some fun first date stories because let's be real, first dates can be a disaster. And I'm happy to say that I don't have many disaster first date stories. I have just the one where a guy took me out to dinner, which again, dinner first dates are a no-go, but I did not listen to my own rules. And he did not ask me any questions. And it was just the most awkward first date ever. We had like appetizers, dinner and dessert. And this guy would basically take a bite of food directly after I would ask him a question. So it'd be like, so do you have any siblings? And then he'd take a bite of food. And my question was just hanging in the air as he chewed. It was so awkward. I tried to time it properly, but it did not work. So that that's my only kind of really disaster first date experience. And that was like two hours. It was horrible. Okay. So I asked people on Instagram to send me their bad first date stories because sometimes they are entertaining to read. And I appreciate everyone who sent in a story. I have three that I've selected and I and bringing on special correspondent, Johnny, <laughs> to help rate how horrible these stories are, how horrible the date experiences are. The scale will be from 1 to 10, sorry, 1 to 5. 
five being total disaster, one being tame, not that bad. So Johnny, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to rate first dates with you. Do you want to hear the first story? I'm just looking forward to the first five out of five. We'll see if we have one. Okay, here's the first one. One time a guy ghosted me and then texted me out of the blue for a date. I figured I'd give him another shot. When I arrived, he told me he had forgotten my name and it disappeared from the app. I deleted him because we hadn't talked in a month. I stood up and left. What is your rating? Four to five. You think that's a four? I guess there really wasn't a date. Nothing happened. Like, it could be worse. No one got violent. There wasn't like a crime committed during the date. That's a clear five out of five, but this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's that's pretty bad. That has never happened to me, but I definitely have had to like double check information about someone before, like as I'm walking up to a date. Oh, I every single time before a first date had to make sure I knew who I was going to. I had to check their name every single time. I think that's a good practice, but yeah, full on just admitting you forgot their name. Horrible. Okay. A whole month between this whole initial, I guess, date that they went on and then being ghosted and coming back and being like, who are you again? Like, what was the point of reaching out? You literally don't even know their name. Yeah. If someone goes to you and comes back, I would say don't like if they zombie, which is the term. So the kids call it. I would say don't go on that date. Probably. I don't know. Okay, here's the next one. One time I was talking with a guy and he seemed amazing, checked in every day, asked good questions. We met up for our date and he couldn't look me in the eye and was visibly uncomfortable. It was like I was with a whole different person. Honestly, I thought he might have been neurodivergent, which is fine, but I wish he had disclosed that up front. I was willing to give it another try, but he texted me the next day and told me he didn't feel a spark and wasn't interested in a second date. Two out of five. I mean, maybe even a one. Having good chemistry over text is great, but not really that useful. Yes, I think this is a tale as old as time. This is why you don't text a lot before a first date because then you get it. Your text personality isn't going to matter when you're, you know, three months into a relationship and you're just like dating normally. I mean, our texts are pretty thrilling now. They're really not. (laughs) Their text conversations are horrible. (laughs) I'm coming home. Okay. That's what it turns into. So Oh man, I have de- I've definitely been there and it's uh it's not great. But this is why I always say don't don't text a lot, set up the date and then don't talk anymore until the date and then you can make it make your own impression on how they are in real life. Okay, here's the third one. Are you ready? Oh yeah. I was just getting back into dating after relocating to my home state, so I was going out with anyone that I felt even a small connection with on the apps. We didn't message much beforehand, which is a plus. And I thought we'd find plenty to talk about at dinner. Yes, dinner. And I learned my lesson. LOL. He selected some place a little nicer than I would have had, but the location was convenient for both of us. The conversation was kind of tough. I had my arsenal of topics ready, but they never went far as we didn't have as much in common as I expected. And then he asked if he could pull out my profile. So he whipped out a tablet at the dinner table, went to Bumble and would say things like, it says you like to sing. (laughs) Tell me more about that. We (laughs) went... We went through the whole thing, and then finally the meal was over. He made a big deal about splitting the check, too. On his train ride home, he wrote me a long message about the pros and cons of the evening, but said he felt the conversation was forced. Appreciated the non-ghost, but dude, needed to refer to my profile to get by. Man, (laughs) that doesn't even sound like a real, like I'm sure this happened to this person, but you couldn't write this. This is like when terrible things happen in the news and you would not believe it if it was like on a TV show. I don't know. Again, like a like a four, maybe a three. It's bad. But what are you going to do? People are awkward. 
I think this is worse than the other one you rated a four because they actually had to sit through the date. At least the first story, she left at the top of the date and have, you didn't even have to endure this guy. This is like a full dinner. And then he whips out. I mean, I hope she meant like an iPad. Like I'm envisioning this guy taking out a, an iPad and looking at her profile. Yeah, I like to just imagine he had it in his pocket, you know, and was sitting there at dinner with an iPad, just ready to go in case he needed some reference material. And then having a pro con list sent to you after a date is brutal and should never be done. Please never do that. You No. Like, I've heard of this happening. I just, and it's always men who do this that, from the stories I've heard. Like, have you ever been compelled to send someone a pro and con list after a date? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I wouldn't be distant. I would like to get one. Like, if I had left a date and she was like, pros, you showered today, you had two or three funny jokes, cons, you're very. I can give you one if you'd like. <laughs> no, no, it's too late. I don't want one from you now. Um, if you want to go back in time and give me one from our first date, uh, we could talk about that. But I mean, true. This is uh, your one of your classic rules, which is don't get dinner on the the first date. You just can't do it. It's, you can't get away. I feel like get going to a dinner first date is like asking for this kind of stuff to happen. Even though like there, I've been on tame dinner first dates. Like most of them have been too long and not good. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to remember a single dinner date. As a first date that I've gone on that I've been like, yes, this was a great idea. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Just no dinner first dates. All right, Johnny, thank you so much for joining me for this little segment. You, you're welcome to come back anytime and rate things. I know that you like doing that. Oh, I appreciate that considering we live in the same house. You know, it's it hasn't taken me that long to get here. Uh, I can come by anytime. I'm glad the convenience works for you. All right, we'll see you next time. I really hope this episode gave you the confidence to get out there and have more first dates. You now have your mindset in check, tips for having flowing conversations, and you know exactly how to wrap up a date with minimal awkwardness. As always, I'm rooting for you. I'm here for you. And I know first dates are tough, but what I want to leave you with is the reminder that each first date is practice and each first date gets you closer to your next long-term relationship. Thank you for listening. I'd love it if you share this episode with someone who's navigating dating and might need a confidence boost or some tough love. If any of these episodes have helped you in your dating journey, you can help me by leaving a stunning review on Apple or giving Dating Intentionally five stars on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. Once again, I'm Talia and this has been Dating Intentionally. I'll catch you next time.